universal suspicion. Humanity everywhere is struggling toward political freedom and economic opportunity. In this struggle we are confronted with the rivalry of the keenest minds of the age, each race and nation seeking to present its best to the world. So much is expected of each by the different rivals that it becomes impossible to reach an amicable settlement and to establish universal confidence. It can be plainly seen that no race or nation trusts the other. There is a universal suspicion that hovers over the conduct of every great leader representative of each race or nation. It is this suspicion that limited the Washington Four-Pack Treaty. It is this suspicion that caused the failure of the Genoa Conference. It is this suspicion that is going to wreck ultimately many of the nations and empires of today, thereby throwing into obscurity many of the races that now dominate the affairs of men. We as a race are called upon to play our part and we must do it well. In the spread of this universal suspicion that causes nation to distrust nation and race to distrust race, we also have our distrust which makes it impossible for us to believe in anyone else but ourselves. Dissertation on man. Man is the individual who is able to shape his own character, master his own will, direct his own life and shape his own ends. When God breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, he made him a living soul and bestowed upon him the authority of Lord of creation. He never intended that that individual should descend to the level of a peon, a serf or a slave, but that he should always be man in the fullest possession of his senses and with the truest knowledge of himself. But how changed has man become since creation? We find him today divided into different classes, the helpless imbecile, the dependent slave, the servant and the master. These different classes God never created. He created man, but this individual has so retrograded as to make it impossible to find him a real man. As far as the Negro race is concerned, we can find but few real men to measure up to the higher purpose of the creation. And because of this lack of manhood in the race, we have stagnated for centuries and now find ourselves at the foot of the great human ladder. After the creation and after man was given possession of the world, the creator relinquished all authority to his Lord, except that which was spiritual. All that authority which meant the regulation of human affairs, human society and human happiness was given to man by the creator and man therefore became master of his own destiny and architect of his own fate. In process of time we find that only a certain type of man has been able to make good in God's creation. We find them building nations, governments and empires, as also great monuments of commerce, industry and education. These men realising the power given them exerted every bit of it to their own good and to their posterities. While, on the other hand, 400 million Negroes who claim the common fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man have fallen back so completely as to make us today the serfs and slaves of those who fully know themselves and have taken control of the world which was given to all in common by the Creator. I desire to impress upon the 400 million members of my race that our failings in the past, present and of the future will be through our failures to know ourselves and to realise the true functions of man on this mundane sphere. Christianity, 
a form of religion practiced by the millions, but as misunderstood and unreal to the majority as gravitation is to the untutored savage. We profess to live in the atmosphere of Christianity, yet our acts are as barbarous as if we never knew Christ. He taught us to love, yet we hate, to forgive, yet we revenge, to be merciful, yet we condemn and punish, and still we are Christians. If hell is what we are taught it is, then there will be more Christians there than days in all creation. To be a true Christian, one must be like Christ and practice Christianity, not as the bishop does, but as he says, for if our lives were to be patterned after the other fellows, all of us, bishop, priest and layman, would ultimately meet around the furnace of hell, and none of us, because of our sins, would see salvation. The Function of Man God placed man on earth as the lord of creation. The elements, all nature, are at his command. It is for him to harness them, subdue them, and use them. Edison harnessed electricity. Today the world reflects the brilliancy of his grand illumination. Stevenson, through experiments, has given us the use of the steam engine, and today the railroad train flies across the country at a speed of 60 miles an hour. Marconi conquered the currents of the air and today we have wireless telegraphy that flashes news across the continents with a rapidity never yet known to man. All this reveals to us that man is the supreme lord of creation, that in man lies the power of mastery, a mastery of self, a mastery of all things created, bowing only to the almighty architect in those things that are spiritual, in those things that are divine. Traitors. In the fight to reach the top, the oppressed have always been encumbered by the traitors of their own race, made up of those of little faith and those who are generally susceptible to bribery for the selling out of the rights of their own people. As Negroes, we are not entirely free of such an encumbrance. To be outspoken, I believe we are more encumbered in this way than any other race in the world, because of the lack of training and preparation for fitting us for our place in the world among nations and races. The traitor of other races is generally confined to the mediocre or irresponsible individual, but unfortunately, the traitors among the Negro race are generally to be found among the men highest placed in education and society, the fellows who call themselves leaders. For us to examine ourselves thoroughly as a people, we will find that we have more traitors than leaders because nearly everyone who essays to lead the race at this time does, does so by first establishing himself as the pet of some philanthropist of another race, to whom he will go and debase his race in the worst form, humiliate his own manhood, and thereby win the sympathy of the great benefactor, who will dictate to him what he should do in the leadership of the Negro race. It is generally, you must go out and teach your people to be meek and humble, tell them to be good servants, loyal and obedient to their masters, if you teach them such a doctrine, you can always depend on me to give you 1000 or 5000 a year for the support of yourself, the newspaper or the institution you represent. I will always recommend you to my friends as a good fellow who is all right. With this advice and prospect of patronage, the average Negro leader goes out to lead the unfortunate mass. These leaders tell us how good Mr. So-and-so is, how many good friends we have in the opposite race, and if we leave everything to them, all will work out well. 
This is the kind of leadership we have been having for the last 50 years. It is nothing else but treachery and treason of the worst kind. The man who will compromise the attitude of his country is a traitor. And even so, the man who will compromise the rights of his race can be classified in no other way than that of a traitor also. Not until we settle down as 400 million people and let the men who have placed themselves in the lead of us realise that we are disgusted and dissatisfied and that we shall have a leadership of our own and stick by it when we get it, we will be able to lift ourselves from this mire of degradation to the heights of prosperity, human liberty and human appreciation.